Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 235. Today, we are going to learn how to crush it from the start. Today, we're talking to two authors of a brand new book called Crush It from the Start, 50 Tips for New Teachers, talking all about how to support brand new teachers teachers and myself being an instructional coach who works directly with our new teachers each and every week getting a chance to work orientation help people go from that new hire syndrome uh, not syndrome but that new hire position into that classroom i'm excited to have this conversation and i'm excited that that these two amazing guests are coming on today i of course hope that you are all uh taking time for yourselves this week we've got a lot of great content coming out over both on the teacher cast brand and over at ask the tech coach brand so if you have a chance to check this and other podcasts out do me a favor reach out over at ask the tech coach on twitter or at teacher cast on twitter let me know that you guys are out there we are sitting here each and every day during break and coming up with a plan to create some great stuff for you in 2023. We're going to be working on our webinars. We're going to be working on our podcast, doing a new video series. Lots of great stuff coming out for you guys. And again, thank you so much for having TeacherCast be your home for professional development. My guest today is making his second appearance on TeacherCast of this year. And I want to welcome back my good friend, Mr. and Dr. Matthew Rhodes. Matt, how are you today? Welcome back to Ask the Tech Coach. Hey, I'm excited to be back, Jeff. Thanks for having uh, both of us on tonight. I, you know, it's uh, we're recording this right when I get off for the winter uh, holiday season. So definitely excited to be here, but also excited to have a little bit of a break. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, every time I turn around, you've got a great project. Obviously, today we're talking about your latest book. Um, but you also do so many other things from teaching to consulting to writing who is Matt Rhodes? So yeah, I basically am the tech integrationist trainer, basically uh, essentially the professional development coordinator for a consortium of adult schools, about four to 5,000 students generally. Um, and we focus on non-credit programs and I do all the professional development and coaching for teachers. Um, we about give or take about 100 to about 120-ish. And then I also am a professor at San Diego State and Concordia University, Irvine, working with new teacher candidates and doc students on their dissertations. And I just write as well and uh, enjoy writing books for new teachers, coaches, and uh, really excited about this book right here, Crush from the Start, 50 Tips for New Teachers. Also have a book coming out in January, which is exciting, and then a bunch of other projects for 2023. But um, just really enjoy just working with other educators, working with students, and just trying to be better together and navigate, you know, the world of education, um, you know, as it's, uh, you know, very challenging, but rewarding. 
Well, I want to say thank you for coming back on and looking forward, I guess, to having you on in January when this next book comes out. <laughs> really, really cool. And my next guest today is one of his co-authors of this book, Dr. Casey Thomas Jakubowski. Casey, how are you doing today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Thanks, Jeff. I'm doing great. And I want to, first of all, thanks, Matt, for uh, having me on this project. Uh, it was about a year ago and now when Matt texted the four of us or three of us and said, hey, you want to write a book to help new teachers? And I said, absolutely, yes, because uh, I've been in teacher education for a while. I was a rural social studies teacher. I've authored a couple of other books uh, through other publishers and I'm excited to tell my story to help others so that they, when they hit their five-year mark, they're not one of the casualties. And I think it's also more important that we realize that at the end of the day, it's not just about us, the students, but it's also about our teachers. I too am an education professor in leadership and development. I help doctoral students at the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. And one of the areas that I'm most proud of is that UMES is a HBCU university where we really do help people dream the dream that's going to change their family for generations. I love this book. I was looking through it. I haven't you know, gotten through every single thing in here because there's so much stuff. And I'm looking through this and realizing that it doesn't matter if you're a teacher, a coach, or an administrator – those first opportunities are critical. And anybody who's listened to this show knows that one of the things I love doing each week is our new teacher orientation. I do it every single Tuesday afternoon. Um, our new staff comes in, they do the HR and the IT and the finances. And then basically from noon to three, I just get three hours to mold the teachers that are walking into the building. I absolutely love it. Sometimes I get teachers, sometimes I get coaches, I get paras, I get me. Doesn't matter if you're going into a classroom, I get a chance to have some fun with you. And I absolutely love that. Matt, why do we need a book about this though? What is, what is the point of this book? Is this for teachers? Is this for administrators? Who should be reading this book? I think all of them. And I think just why I wanted to work on this project and invite, um, you know, educators like uh, Dr. Casey, Dr. Sam, Dr. Kevin, as we all work with new teachers in, in, in a different capacity, whether it's at the undergrad level or working with them at the grad level or working with them in the, in the school system. Um, we felt that over the last number of years, even before the pandemic, that the nature of the profession has completely changed. And we feel that it's become incredibly difficult and unsustainable in many characteristics and teachers aren't prepared for the realities of what it looks like to be a teacher in, you know, this modern, I guess, modern present day new normal. And we wanted to create a number of tips that where we felt that we're not only just instructional based, but also just day to day, as well as looking at education through diversity, equity, inclusion, as well as mental health, dealing with tragedy, all these things that teachers deal with every day and navigate outside of just instructional piece. And we tried to include as many things as we could to paint that picture and give a raw, honest reality, but also really hopefully provide a number of steps for new teachers, coaches, administrators to help pave the way so that we can create sustainable opportunities 
um, for teachers that we can, you know, retain them as well as, you know, have them have enjoyable careers with students and um, really um, brighten up the profession for everyone involved. Well, I, I love the first line of the entire book. Welcome to the book we wish we had when we were in your shoes. Casey, you're shaking your head. Why was that the best way and probably the only way to start this book? Well, you know, Matt said it perfectly right, and I'm going to echo that, Jeff. As somebody who just got done preparing undergraduate teacher educators in the spring semester at a teacher prep college, a lot of our folks were really good at reading the standards, creating lesson plans, creating unit plans, but they didn't know like our first tip, do less with more, not do more with less, but the other way around. Yeah. They want Pinterest perfect classrooms. They want TikTok level amazing events. But what I think we all wanted to do was to share the fact that it's okay to really struggle your first year. It's okay to ask for help. You're moving from being an A student who's a super achiever to truly being a rookie novice. And in almost every other profession, you are not thrown out into the wolves. Whereas in our profession, we may have a mentoring program, which Jeff, you mentioned, you, you mentor the new teachers. But one of the things that Matt, Sam, Kevin, and I all said was, wow, we really need to provide something that somebody can pick up when they are 30 minutes away from having a breakdown at night because it's 2 a.m. and they don't know what they're going to do tomorrow or to really just understand. Um, unfortunately, um, I had a friend of mine uh, who is a former student just text me today. They had a student killed in a car accident today. And it's unfortunately right around the 10th anniversary of Sandy Hook. We have a lot of folks out there that are grieving and also, we have a lot of folks out there that want to celebrate. So one of the things that the four of us did with Wallace Ting's amazing editorial assistance was design a book that you could read that was theory-based, but not theory-heavy. And all those tips, 50 of them, plus the four critical conversations and the activities, Jeff, they all come out of the fact that Matt, Sam, Kevin, and I lived and breathed and this is something that's been rattling around in my brain since 1998. We got to do better. And we got to do right by our newest folks. And I think it's important that we remember when you're getting your first job, it might be a long-term sub. It might be in the beginning of December, you know? This week, I just looked at the list as you were talking, and this week, it's the, it's the second week in December, I have five new teachers that I'm going to be onboarding. Now, they might have graduated a while ago. They might be in their late 50s, and this is a career change. They might be looking at a long-term sub that's a month and a half long, and then they're back looking. And it's important to realize that there is no cookie cutter these days. You know, a new teacher doesn't always start on August 1st. A new teacher isn't always going to be 24 years old. And I, I really do like that you brought up the, you know, mental toughness that teachers have to have. You know, yes, I'm, I'm in Connecticut. 
Sandy Hook is literally a five mile walk up the road. These things are all over the place. And it's not just the Sandy Hooks. It's it's everything going on. So when you were writing this book and you closed your eyes, who were you writing to? This is important because when we're looking at being a podcaster, an author, whatever it is, even when we're making our lesson plans, I always remember, you know, you close your eyes and go, who am I teaching? Who am I speaking to? Who is who is my audience? So uh, and maybe those are two different answers. So, Matt, let me ask you, when you close your eyes, who's reading your book? I mean, I I'm looking at it as, you know, that new teacher, um, you know, whether they've been, you know, traditional like you mentioned or a uh, non-traditional they went through a non-traditional program or they're getting back into it um you know that's 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 the person in addition to being a pre-service teacher as well as the mentors and coaches that help them along the way because you know this isn't something that we want them to navigate by themselves and the research shows with you got to have the mentorship piece whether it's you know within the systems of the teacher preparation program, as well as the, you know, the district or school system that they're hired in. And I think utilizing a tool like this is geared for those audiences. And I think for many of us, including myself, during my program, I wish I had that during my mentorship. I wish I had some tip book to go to and say like, hey, how do I navigate these situations? How do I, you know, create these types of lessons? How do I navigate um the trauma and stress that i have um and then we can talk about it it's a geared towards having that conversation with whether it's that coach mentor or even with your colleagues you know that are more experienced than you or even new teachers so i think that's kind of where i was thinking when we were writing this book casey about yourself so i had two people in mind first of all jeff i had uh the school principal and the assistant superintendent or the superintendent in mind because they need to understand a lot of them haven't been in the classroom for a while and uh when i was writing it i was uh, i was a, a teacher education program instructor and one of the areas that i thought most extensively needed to happen was administrators needed to be able to pick this book up and do the work with the students. The second person I was writing to was honestly one of my seventh grade students who in my first year, I didn't do great with it because um, we were overwhelmed. I was teaching five different subjects in a middle high school situation in a rural district, never been there before. I was navigating a lot of uh, personal things that were happening like I had never been away from home before. And, you know, there's just a moment in time when you wish you really could see those students again and go, I am so sorry for what I put you through. So what I hope is not only are the teacher prep folks, the administrators, the principals reading the book, but I also wanted the very young Casey to just have what I didn't have my first year. And, and Jeff, we wrote it so that if you are a new, middle, experienced person, you can pick it up, read a vignette, do a work activity, put it down. When the nine-year-old starts bopping off the wall or the nine-month-old starts crying, I mean, you know, Kevin, a brand new dad, was like, yep, I totally get that. But also, this is for somebody who needs to be re-energized. Yeah. We wrote this positively. 
We did not write it, um, you know, with the idea of a Pollyanna-ish, but we wrote it positively. We wrote it so that people could look at it and go, okay, I can do this classroom management. I can do bell ringers because a lot of the nitty gritty doesn't get taught. It gets experienced. But the problem is, is that we make mistakes along the way. Hopefully we'll tamp down a few of those mistakes. I want to make sure that everyone out there is listening to this because when it comes to being a new teacher or even a coach working with new teachers, I don't think it's a secret that life is overwhelming. You don't know what you're doing. You might have a curriculum. You might not. I, you know, I'm a music teacher. I went 20 some years in the classroom. I never had a curriculum. I always was one of those. What am I doing next week? Because it's music, right? But I love the way that your book is set up. It's in four sections, um, the anticipation and first interactions, and it, it brings it into July, August, September. Uh, section two, when the going gets tough, October through December. Section three, the tough get going, January through March. And the section four, are we there yet? Um, I want to dive into some of these, start to talk a little bit about this, but why was it important to break this down as a, a year in the life of a teacher? I find that fascinating because when I create this show, we do it a year in the life of a coach. So I'm always seeing these similarities between what you guys are doing for teachers and what we're working on here for coaches. But, but let, let me throw that out to you guys. Why was it important to do this as a calendar? I think just when we were brainstorming, uh, it was from uh, Dr. Sam. I think she was the one that came up with the idea. And she's like, well, each year there's different themes related to the parts of the year. And we all talked about, you know, thinking about our experiences and experiences of teachers that we know. What could, you know, what does that year look like? And what type of feelings do you have throughout the year? And how does that look like in the classroom as well? And we tried our best to take the tips that we felt like they could best fit for that part of the year, because, you know, there's different times of the year that require different tips. And ultimately the tips can be used at any time of the year, but we just wanted to categorize them within those various themes and felt that, you know, if teacher was going through the beginning of the year, we wanted to focus on a lot of those beginning of the year's tips that to get them started. But also we wanted to focus on in the middle and, you know, in the fourth quarter, like, hey, how can we get through that fourth quarter to, you know, for the win um, and feel good about ourselves and our students at the end of the year? So that's kind of the rationale I think we did. Casey, do you have anything to add? What I wanted to add was we when we were writing this, we also decided that we were going to create a professional learning network or a professional learning community that through our uh, hashtags, through our social media, because um, well, the landscape has definitely changed of a chunk of the of the social media recently. Uh, I was a very, very lonely rural teacher. And now with Internet, with the ability to use social media, um, and I believe it was Dr. Kevin who came up with this idea of let's create a PLC for folks who can't find a PLC within their geographic area. And I think that, you know, when we also looked at this, we thought not only do we need to have the rhythm and flow, but also we need to have the ability for somebody to scan through the table of contents very quickly and go, I am struggling with this. Oh, there's a tip. Voom. So you don't necessarily have to read it from cover to cover, but what you do need to do is be strategic. Ask for help. 
but also more importantly, reach out if you need help. I think that's a great transition. We mentioned a couple seconds ago that the book is basically laid out like a calendar. And now, you know, most people are going to be listening to this episode during their uh, winter break. Some people might be picking this up as they're getting back into school in early January. I, I want to open up the hymnal a little bit here. Page 91, tip number 29, um, all about finding mentors to support. Um Talk to us a little bit about this chapter. How, why is it important for teachers and, and let's, we can even say coaches too, but to find mentors, find support, especially at this time of year. Yeah. So, uh, well, I think just the big thing is, is that one, the research is clear that having a mentor, uh, limits burnout. It causes retention and, Additionally, it improves your efficacy and well-being and enjoyment in the career. And finding that mentor is, you know, really critical as to for those outcomes to occur, right? And you've got to have circle yourself with people that you know that can build you up. And mentors can take all shapes and forms. I want to, you know, mention that in this tip, we talk about, you know, finding the right people. But it's addition to finding mentors that are within your local area as well as um, outside your local area. So I think that we provide a step of strategies to do so and really want teachers to find people that, you know, can really help them um, achieve their goals and, you know, how they can connect with them um, through different modalities is, is key as well. And I think it's important that you didn't say you must be on Twitter. You must be running to the latest EdCamp, ISTE conference, whatever. The the concept that you bring up here is find somebody. I, I mean, go ahead. It, it, no, it's really critical, Jeff, because your point is inspiring me to realize that you will find mentors wherever and however you acquire a mentor. But what Matt said is critical. You need somebody to lift you up. You need a mentor who is going to cry with you, cheer with you, jump up and down, uh, wear the silly holiday costumes. But you may have your mentor in California and you're working in Colorado, or you may be in Connecticut and you have your mentor in uh, Glasgow, Scotland. It doesn't matter where they're physically located. What matters is you can reach out to them and go, I'm having a day. And they can go, is it a good day or is it a bad day? And the idea is as long as everybody talks about being part of the lollipop guild at the end of the movie, we're good. I, I think it's important to also keep in mind, and this might sound strange, guys, but a mentor can be a stranger. And, and I say that from the point of view of uh, about a year and a half ago, I joined the local Toastmasters group. And each couple times a month I go and we, you know, it's all public speaking and presenting. And for the most part, the people that are there are total strangers to me. But twice a month, they get a chance to give me feedback on how I present, how I present myself, how I and it doesn't matter if I'm talking about a Toastmasters topic or a Microsoft Google topic. For me, that's mentorship. 
That's having somebody to, to provide feedback for showing me how I do the thing that I love to do better. So that way, when I'm in front of somebody or when I'm at a conference, it works. So don't feel like you have to be going out and making BFFs with everybody on Twitter or, you know, finding somebody. And I think that's important, especially, you know, in the next couple of weeks coming up, because it's a long road ahead till we get to June. Is there a tip in here? I mean, we can certainly look at this here. Tip 30, um, protecting our digital presence. I love that you have that in there as, as a big you know, advocate for digital safety, digital security. You do find a lot of teachers trying to take on Twitter, not understanding, or they think that they can go on Twitter, Facebook Live, you name it, and just start talking about their kids like it doesn't matter. Um, Casey, you're shaking your head as vigorous as I've ever seen somebody. Why is this tip so important for new teachers? Well, for one thing, it's it's really critical for any person, any teachers. Uh, the president of a school board got fired because they said something bad. Uh, president of a university is under fire for doing something not smart. Uh, and it's all social media related. There is no privacy anymore, but there is also uh, depends on where you are, who you are and what you're doing. But there are very different levels of accountability. And one of the most important points that we need to understand is we have a generation of teachers coming up who they have literally been on social media since their very first mom's sonogram. And so I think that privacy is something that as an educator, we used to guard dramatically and traumatically to the point where when they started publishing where teachers contracts were uh, for salaries online, people were like, well, whose business is that? Well, if you're a public employee, it's the public's. But you need to also, as a new novice teacher who is used to going, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm in this location, click. Uh, Instagram, no, don't just be safe. And Matt's really more of an expert in this than I am. I just I just had given that lecture to the students not that long ago. Please watch yourself. And um, then they all send me Facebook friend requests. And I'm like, nope, not until you're out of class. Can't do it. Not going to be prudent at this juncture. It's bad. Um, but, you know, Matt, maybe you want to weigh in here because you are the expert on the tech. Yeah, Matt, do you have any good sonogram stories? <laughs> Thank God I don't. Um, <laughs> but uh, I feel like uh, that with the social media element is is that you're now a professional. And whether you're young or old, there's an etiquette. And there's, um, I think, that you have as a public figure. you got to think of yourself as a public figure. When you become a teacher you're you're or an educator in any capacity you're public you're a public speaker and you got to act in a way that is responsible because you're in the position to um provide new insights new knowledge and you know be a role model and i think that you know really being careful as well as being strategic like we mentioned in another tips uh you know not only with the you know not you know, being a jerk online or, you know, doing things that are inappropriate, keeping it really professional. Um, also, with the focus of, you know, use the social media to your benefit, you know, connect with experts, connect with people that can help you and, you know, use 
a lot of those networks to build that capacity where you may not have that opportunity in your own um, you know, backyard. So we provide multiple elements to that. The book does a good deal here, and I'm looking specifically right now at tip 34, separating your personal and professional. And, and you know, the way that the book is set up is it's got some some great paragraphs, and then it's got uh, what's the right word? Worksheets? Like, what? what well, we how, have, do you, how do you refer to those activities? In, engage, engage, uh, engagement opportunities. Because what we wanted was so important where um, Matt, Kevin, Sam, and I all said a textbook is icky. Uh, A workbook doesn't give you oomph. This is a really good engagement opportunity. This is something where you can do some self-reflection. This is something where you can write down some ideas. Uh, Please don't photocopy it and violate copyright laws. Um, But instead, what we'd like you to do is to utilize not only the material that's in there, but also you can use the hashtags to create your own tips or your own suggestions. And it's a way to engage us. I know for a fact that um, Dr. Rhodes is phenomenally supportive anytime anybody tweets anything with the 50 Teacher Tips book hashtag because we want folks to engage. We want them to interact. And we also, more importantly, want them to know that they're not alone because even if they're in the largest urban district in the world and they just feel alone, know that through social media, one of us is probably going to see it. And also more importantly, and I think that this is where I really want the rubber to meet the road, is that you are valuable, you are important as an educator. And we kind of go back and forth at the very beginning of COVID. Everybody was like, St. Teachers, yay. And then they became, oh, teachers go back to school, boo. And now it's kind of we've settled into the, eh, they're important, but... um we don't need a thank you from Wawa Coffee. Don't get me wrong. I love coffee. But what we do need is we need people to recognize, especially we have our own home lives. So I may not get back to you via email until tomorrow. And it's not because I hate your child. It's literally because I'm trying to process the 9,000 things that happened to me. And if you're not careful and you don't balance your work and your life in a way that's sustainable, you're going to burn out. You're going to be a casualty. And I think we wrote a really pretty good tip in there about burnout. And I know that Dr. Kevin is a phenomenal expert on the burnout cycle, but Dr. Matt and Sam also have talked really extensively you can burn out really easy if you're not careful. And I know I personally burned out and I was crispy, toasty and no butter or scraping was going to get that char off me. I think this is important for coaches to keep in mind. Right. And, and as coaches, we sometimes find ourselves doing things in the classroom for our teachers during our quote free time for our teachers we go home and then we have to continue you know it it doesn't end for teachers it doesn't end for coaches Uh, you've got a tip here number 37 perfection is the enemy of being finished what do you mean by that casey do you know who wrote that tip uh which one was it was that you I, I think it was my idea. You guys all were like, yes. And then we collaborated to make it the way it looked. Um, so essentially, Jeff, here's the problem. And um, 
Matt, help me out with this, but it starts with this idea that you've got to be perfect. You've got to be amazing. And at the end of the day, if you don't just get it done, not to quote a semi-famous comedian, you really need to ensure that what you are doing is better than nothing at all. Mm-hmm. You will learn how to make it better. And if you are a fourth of the way at the beginning of your career, you're probably going to be three quarters of the way at the end of your career. But if you just go for perfection, you're going to get stuck. And, and a, a lot of coaches are, have this issue too. And I do too, right? Like we're, <laughs> we're, we're trying to create something for our teachers and we want it perfect. And we want to go that extra mile and somewhere in the middle, we forget we're supposed to be showing the teachers how to do this for themselves. Yeah. You know the old adage, teach somebody to fish, they'll fish for their lifetime, give them a fish, and you'll have really bad sushi. I really bungled that. I'm so sorry, but you know what I mean. Um, But I I think, you know, um, Matt and I agree, it's an imposter syndrome issue. Let's, let's, we've all got bachelor's degrees. We all, many of us have master's degrees. Heck, a bunch of us have doctorates. We're, we're, we're pretty smart. We're smarter than the average bear. Let, let's stop beating ourselves up about it. Yeah, I and mean, I think just the, the notion of perfectionism in education is you got to realize is that perfectionism is our enemy because that will lead you down the road to burnout. Yep. And it really, day-to-day ebbs and flows. And we got to understand how to navigate the ebbs and flows of the day. If we can do that, then we can be, I think, successful in the long haul because we're not looking for perfectionism when we're navigating ebbs and flows. We're just, we're being proactive in terms of how to navigate the ups and downs of the day. And Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, please. I was just going to say that I think just ups and downs of the day, especially in education is, is that especially if you're in a classroom, it's go, 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 go. And you know, you're in the moment you're on and so many different things can happen in that day. And if you can be proactive and, you know, navigate those things, then ultimately, to me, that's success. And I think if you're looking for perfectionism, you're not going to navigate everything well. You may navigate some things with high level of perfectionism, but everything else might fall to the wayside. And you're not the one that's seeing that every day until someone else observes you and says like, hey, Matt, what are you doing spending so much time on this lesson planning? You weren't in the moment at that time because you were too, um, you know, you weren't talking to these students, building the relationships at the time. You were more focused on making sure that your slideshow for the day was really super nice and tidy. Right. So that's kind of where we were approaching with this tip. And it kind of echoes one of the things that we talked about earlier, which is, uh, are they safe? Do they know an adult cares and are they asking good questions? Because at the end of the day, nobody really remembers all the content that we throw at them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I know that if you talked to any teacher at any grade level, they would say, but you learned that in the past. No, somebody taught it to you. They didn't learn it. Are they safe? Does somebody care about them? And are they asking critical questions? And there is a statistic out there that is scary. In the course of one educational day, a teacher makes approximately 1,500 decisions. That is at the level of an EMT or a doctor, but they have seven to 12 people to support them when they make those 1,500 decisions. 
when a teacher does it, it's you yourself and you. And it's only if you have mirrors in the classroom. Yeah. And that's important to remember. And, and as a coach, you're making those 1500 for 30 different teachers, sometimes for hundreds, if not a few thousand, you know, students at all different levels. And sometimes those decisions are in pre-K and sometimes they're in higher ed. And that could be five minutes apart. So you could be from pre-K to the superintendent's office and you're still in that mode to make teachers. The book is called Crush It from the Start, 50 Tips for New Teachers. It is out right now. And we make sure if you head on over to askthetechcoach.com, check it out over at episode 235. We're going to make sure we have all the links to check out all the great stuff, their supplemental website. And of course, you can check it out on Amazon. And if you do that, that'll help out not only Dr. Casey and Dr. Rhodes, but Dr. Teacher Cast as well. I want to talk a little bit about putting this together because you had mentioned that, you know, Somebody throws out an idea, you have that conversation, and magic happens. What is it like to do that? What is it like to, to work as a team, put this together? Obviously, as coaches, we're all about collaboration for a lesson. Uh, we're all about collaboration to make sure that the year goes through. But book projects like this don't just happen, and they don't just happen overnight. What was it like to put this whole thing together? So I want to, I wanna, first of all, again, reiterate, if Dr. Rhodes had not honored the three of us, uh, in the four total by saying, hey, I've got an idea. You guys want in? Uh, this would have never seen the light of day. And we literally wrote and got this book out in a year. Hmm. I mean, this is like unheard of, but that's all Matt's leadership. So if so, folks, if you're looking to headhunt him, pay him three times what he's making now. He is well worth it. Um, but the other area is the magic is the fact that we all trust each other because we've all been through it together. We all know that we have backgrounds. And I got to tell you, the magic was when we said, I love this. There was never one. So what were you thinking about? It was so supportive. It was so creative. I think, uh, and Matt, back me up on this or tell me I'm wrong, but I think we had enough stuff to write four more books by the time we were done. I think so. I mean, I, I, we, what I really loved was we, for our critical conversations, which are four in the book, we were on a zoom call and we recorded it and we were recording for the transcript and through those, you know, times we were building more and more trust with each other throughout the process. And we were able just to bounce ideas off each other as well as just have a conversation about education. And I think it all began, we have a lot of similar uh, dispositions and values, but we have different experiences in different areas. And then we had that mutual respect to start. So ultimately that I think helped propel us through it. And I think, you know, they're amazing people to work with. Um, you know, I can ask for a better team uh, to put this together. And I think ultimately that's why it shows in the product. And I am really hoping that, you know, we'll all continue to work together in the future. Was there something that you can walk away from this and say, I learned something about myself from this project? I think overall for me, it came down to, you're not in this alone. And I initially started writing by myself, but then over time I realized that when I bring people in and do the journey with others, I get more out of it. I feel much more fulfilled than when I write myself. And I like working with people that I know that have, a, you know, I've had a relationship with our co-authors here, but 
at the same time, we grew in it and grew together. And to me, it's, you know, sometimes it's more about the journey and I've learned so much from all of them than ultimately, you know, the final product. Casey, what about your journey? So I think first and foremost, Matt raised a good point because when you're writing by yourself, you're writing in your head and you're hoping that what you're saying is in some way, shape or form resonating. And you never know. It's kind of like uh, when people go online and they don't have folks listening to them. And quite frankly, when we're in the classroom half the time, we sometimes are the only ones listening to ourselves. <laughs> but the other point that I learned specifically about myself is um, I learned that I become so much better when so many other people around me are there to support. And what I mean by that is not to sound arrogant, but it's humbling when somebody says, wow, that was spot on. I so echo that. And then you go, oh, boy, I actually did understand what I meant there. And it's not the idea that we were self-centered, but it was more of the idea that we grew because like an onion, we became so much more layered. And the other area was we all identified that um, we've got a mission and the mission is legacy building because we, we've all had careers that, uh, you know, keeps a roof over a head door, door on the front and food on the table. But all of us at one point in time, just we hit a wall. And this book showed that we were all resilient enough and we, we've not captured the secret sauce, but at least begun to form the jar so that others can capture their own secret sauce. Um, teaching is one of the few professions where in reality, what you do on day one is the exact same thing you do on day retirement. There isn't a change unless you do go through a ladder like becoming a coach or an administrator or a college professor. But at the end of the day, you know, if you if you've got a 30 year career where you've been teaching middle school social studies, a bless you, because, wow, I couldn't do it. But B, the, the coffee keeps getting stronger the older I get. You know, at the very beginning, it was three quarters milk, one cup of sugar and the coffee. Now it's almost all coffee, you know, and I'm only halfway through. I can't even imagine what the next 20 years are going to look like. And then finally, and this is most importantly, was I, I value my colleagues who took this journey with me because we all said, yeah, we're going to take a running leap off this cliff. We're going to put our heart and souls out there and hopefully somebody is going to pick it up and they're going to go, oh, wow, good thing I didn't do that. Or, oh, wow, I didn't even know to expect that. Or, oh, it's OK for me to feel this way. Or, That's and this it. is this is even more important, it's okay for my new novice teacher to feel this way. I got to do a better job of making sure that they get a Snickers bar tomorrow morning because the only thing that's going to get them to lunch is that Snickers bar. You know, Casey, I could listen to your little one-liners constantly, and, and I love that. So, um, number one, and I should have said this earlier, point for the Wawa reference. And number two, um, I I hundred percent echo what you're thinking, and you know I've been flipping through this, and even as we're talking here, I'm just flipping through it, and there's so much stuff you don't have to sit and read it cover to cover. If you read 
10 pages because that's what's covering your September through October journey. I think that's there. I'm sure by now other people have been reading through this and have been giving you feedback. And anytime that there's a book that says 50 new tips, I'm sure somebody's come up to you by now and said, hey, you forgot this, or hey, you should have added, or hey, what about? So uh, Matt, I'm going to start with you. What's something that somebody might have already come up and said, you know, you could add this one, and that may be something that surprised you that you didn't even think of? Well, what's great about the book is at the very end, uh, in the conclusion, we ask you to write your own tip and you can provide the tip and maybe it could be in volume two. Um, but I think there's a lot of things that people said that maybe we didn't touch on. Maybe we didn't touch on as many as instructional strategies we should have. Maybe we should have touched on more talking about, um, you know, diversity and inclusion. I mean, I think you can pick and you can pick, um, you know, many different areas. I mean, we just wanted to focus on the ones that we thought at this time you know, in 2022 and maybe going into the mid 2020s that we felt that would be really important for teachers to navigate the current state of affairs and to put them in a position that, you know, be in a positive and I think rewarding um, situation for themselves. So that's ultimately kind of what I've, I've received in terms of feedback, but most people really like the, I mean, I would say, Nine out of 10 comments have been, hey, these are the tips I wish I would have had when I was a new teacher. Anything uh, in response to that, Casey? Anything that somebody's come up and said, hey, you missed this or you should have added? So uh, I just met with a dear friend of mine who's now a district level administrator. We graduated from high school together. We both became teachers. Uh, she went the special ed route. I went the social studies route. And she was like, I cannot believe you captured what I have been thinking. <laughs> and um, we, we did it over a Tim Hortons coffee. Shout out equal opportunity. Um, you know, please come to the Delmarva Peninsula, Tim Hortons. Anyway, um, but no, I, I also think uh, somebody said to me, you didn't talk about the goal of surviving. And I thought, but that's the entire book. Yeah. And and then I thought about it and I remembered something uh, that, you know, I told my teachers and, and Matt, I'm sure you've told your folks and Jeff, you've probably told your folks, if it's not right out there in black and white, it's an assumption. And I think part of it is, is that, again, like Matt said, you can write your own tip, volume two. But the, the joy of this book is that we designed it to mirror image what a first year teacher and their mentor and their administrator or the teacher prep program would want them to know about that initial reaction. And, and again, and I think Sam said it perfectly, the first year feels like a whirlwind inside of a tornado next to a hurricane while a fire is raging and you're holding a cup of coffee going, this is fine yeah. because you're just so thrilled. I think I'm, I'm proudest of the fact that we missed stuff intentionally because if you try to do everything, you can't do anything. Wow. Uh, I got to be honest, that that hits home on many things. You know, 
when we talk to podcasters, I, I often say your first 50 episodes, just put them behind you because it's really you learning and you're growing. Well, 50 episodes is a year, right? When you're looking at the coaching position, it's not a one year deal. It's let's look at the four year arc and, you know, find me after the end of your second year. And, and then you start to look for progress in your job in the third year. Cause the first year is all about listening. The first year is just looking around and keeping your nose clean and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there, Casey. What are you thinking? And and here's the thing. You you said something, Jeff, that just donged me like a bell. Um, and we're in the holiday season, so Uh-oh. it's a big one, too. It takes five years for a teacher to feel a modicum, a modicum of comfort in the classroom. And that's and before, if you're staying in the same job. Yeah. If you're and, going from second grade to third grade to fifth grade, oh, you're starting over again. It's a reset. So one of the things that uh, one of the points that I want people to understand and before COVID-19 pandemic, before RSV, before everything, teachers were in and out and in and out 50% in their first five years. I am horrified anticipating what those statistics are going to look like because we have national board certified teachers going, I can't do this anymore. And if the elite of the elite of the elite are going, I can't do this. I can't even imagine what my first year with me, with coming out of a state school that did a really good job prepping me, but dang, that first year was tough and I didn't have anywhere near what these students are facing it, it, it's it's interesting and this is coming from you know again we, we, we do a lot with the orientations and stuff there are teachers that are genuine genuinely leaving their position because x y and z but then you have the teachers that are comfortable where they are but they're going to somewhere else because okay maybe that district has more money or their friends there or they're realizing oh i can teach fourth grade like 10 minutes from my house I no longer have to be. And so there's, there's this shift of, I got to get out. I'm too stressed. And there's the shift of that's, there's now many fourth grade positions open. There's now many social studies, middle school teachers open. And it's interesting just to kind of see when you're talking to the new teachers of where they are. And, you know, even, even though, you know, recently we had a lot of 50 pluses that were just finishing their student teaching. And, I can't do anything more than just look at these people and throw this button at them and go, thank you for coming to our school district. And thank you for being a part of this. And thank you for doing this. And now I'm going to get a chance to say, here's the book you got to read and the Amazon link, right? Like <laughs> all that stuff. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the future here as we go through. Cause again, many people are going to be listening to this in their holiday break um, advice. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Matt. Advice for teachers, all teachers, in 2023. So I think for 2023, it comes down to, I think what we talked about early on in the book, you know, think less is more to be sustainable and to have a good time and know how to navigate the ebbs and flows of the day because there's going to be challenges and there's going to be a lot of bright spots. But at the same time, though, if you're trying to do too much, like Casey was mentioning early on, 
you're going to catch on fire and you're not going to be able to do anything. So focus on things that, you know, three to five things that you do really, really well, and then really try and build those skills and then build the relationships along with that, along the way. And ultimately it, I think it will go okay for you. Just try not to do too much because if you do too much, it's going to be too much. Casey. So the first things first, make sure the kids are safe physically, mentally, emotionally. Make sure you are safe physically, mentally, and emotionally. Make sure they know that an adult cares about the students. Make sure you have a more adulty adult who's going to be responsible for you, aka a mentor. Make sure they're asking good critical questions. It doesn't matter if they're going to uh, kill the uh, exam. What matters is, are they asking, well, why are we doing this? Or, well, how does that work? And same thing for teachers. Don't be complicit. Ask why. And to quote one of the Backstreet Boys, tell me why. Or maybe it was in sync. I can't remember. Or O-Town. They all look the same after a while. Tell me why. And if the person looks at you and goes, I don't have to tell you why I'm, I'm the principal or I'm the superintendent. Look at tip 50 because you are a professional, but at the end of the day, are they safe? Do they know an adult cares? Are they asking good questions? That's all we can ask for you until we get the, and I'm waving my hands hysterically in the air going ideas, settle down. Are they safe? Do they know an adult cares? Are they asking critical questions? Matt, I told you at the beginning of the show, I didn't read the entire book yet, but I do intend to. So I'm just going to ask the question. Are there any more boy band quotes from Dr. Casey in the book anywhere that we have to be aware of? Was he singing during your planning sessions? As far as I know, they may be hidden in there, but I'm not the, uh, you know, I'm kind of aloof to some pop culture. So I think that maybe they're hidden in there and I don't even know. So you have to be the reader for yourself and see if they're there. The book is called Crusher from the Start, 50 Tips for New Teachers. Dr. Casey, where can we go to learn more information about what you're doing and get in touch with you? Most important thing is uh, I have a Weebly website, uh, Google my name off the book, please, because it's long. It's very hard to spell if you're not familiar with uh, Buffalo, New York spellings. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at KCJ underscore EDU. Um, I, I uh, do provide a lot of um, hot takes, but most importantly, I'm on LinkedIn. I appreciate when folks get uh, in touch with me. Please just help me out and uh, preface it. Say, I love the book or wow, I can't believe you put that cultural reference in there. Um, it is a journey, not a speed wagon. So. Was that, was that an 80s band reference? I'm just. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, got it. Um, Matt, where do we learn about? Uh, my goodness. What a great night. Matt, where do we learn more about the great things you're doing? Uh, just go to my website, MatthewRhodes.com, or follow me on social media at MattRhodes1990 or Dr. Rhodes SDSC, uh, Dr. Rhodes EDU on Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn as well. Hope to connect with you um, and, you know, be better together. And, of course, you'll be seeing Matt sometime in the middle of January, February, promoting his new book, which is going to be called Matt. 
Uh, Amplify Learning, a global collaborative. It's our second book in the series, and it's called Amplifying Authentic Reading, Writing, and Math. And so we will cert- it's a really good book. I'm and really we excited will- about it. And we will certainly have Matt and everybody else on in the future in 2023. If you'd like to be on the show, please reach out to us. You can find us at askthetechcoach.com. Don't forget, during this holiday season, you can always go over to askthetechcoach.com. Head on out down to the bottom and join our Instructional Coaches Network. And that wraps up episode number 235 of Ask the Tech Coach. On behalf of Dr. Casey, Dr. Matt, and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.